Goodman Games, and I'm the author of an upcoming DCC entitled Peril on the Purple Planet. Now in Peril, the PCs are cast across the cosmos to this foreign planet where they're left to die under a weirdling sun. In order to find their way home, PCs will need to contend with hordes of savage man-beasts that have been warring since time immemorial, ancient technologies left over from this endless war, the strange flora and fauna, but they somehow adapted to this blasted landscape, and that's where you guys come in. I want to show you a trick mother showed me when you weren't around. Welcome to Spellburn, a podcast covering the Dungeon Crawl Classics role-playing game and old-school adventuring. It's time to party like it's 1974. talking to one of the primary architects of the DCC RPG universe, writer and game designer Harley Stroh. Via his agile wit, evocative prose, and uncanny knack for capturing the eldritch essence of Appendix N literature, Harley's adventures always deliver the thrill of the unexpected to the gaming table. Thanks for being with us here tonight, Harley. Thanks for having me back. It's a real privilege. I'm Judge Jim, and with me tonight are my best judges forever, Judge Job. All hail Strodor! <laughs> Judge Jeffrey? Hey, everyone. And Judge Jen? Good evening, guys. So we're all assembled. Let's move it to the tavern. And the first rule of bartending is this. GBTB. Go beyond the book. Go beyond the book. What do you have? Heineken! death! Tavern talk. So, what did we all do in gaming this week? And before we start, I didn't do anything in gaming this week. I, I, I wrote, edited, and did a bunch of other stuff. How about you, Job? Well, I didn't do anything in gaming this week either. Ha-ha, <laughs> see, I beat you to it. <laughs> I was, I was going to put up before you, you got all honest and stuff. So, yeah, I didn't do anything either. I wrote stuff. That was about it. I can tell you what I bought in gaming this week. Since it's uh, as we record this, it's Gary Gygax Day. I went and got myself two of the Grim Tooth's Trap books at Gateway Games. Ooh, uh, nice! I'm going to go broke at Gateway Games. My first visit there, all the cool stuff he keeps posting, and then he what he did a sale today too, right on Gygax Day. Twenty percent off anything that had Gary's name in it in any place. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. So yeah. Neat. Yeah. Wait, any place? So even like thank you credits and stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Nice. 
Well, if we're doing what we bought in gaming this week, I got I finally for uh for a long time I wanted to get a copy. I got Castle uh Zagig. There you Pro go. Works. Yeah, oh, so nice. that, there's Guy Gax right there. You were able to track that down. Those are hard to find. Yeah, I got it on eBay. It was lower than I've seen it for a while, so I snatched it up and then my wife was sitting there and she started screaming and hitting me and <laughs> yeah. Long story short, you guys might want to watch eBay. It might be going back up soon. (laughs) (laughs) You drew wife aggro with that purchase. (laughs) Well, Jeffrey, I know you did something in gaming this week. Yep, online group played this week. Uh, The previous, well, shoot, we don't even know what happened the previous week, do we? Uh, The previous week before that, uh, that little excitement between AmeriCall, who had been raised from the dead uh, by the party themselves and then two of the characters in the actual play got killed by miracle uh i'll leave it vague just so people listen to the the actual play can uh find out who so they can make guesses if they wish and uh see where the fun is in that but so that this week we came back with two of the characters from the group dead because miracle had killed them provoked i think i think miracle is provoked for sure but so there's some drama, seeing what they could get them recovered or not, uh, and then trying to see how do they approach Miracle, which they they ended up, I thought was very clever. Way back early in the campaign, we used the Sending Stones out of Purple Sorcerer's uh, Sunken City. Well, Miracle decided to head that way through gaseous form. A particular maze decided to follow him, found out he was heading to the Sending Stone, and then whipped out the mask I had forgotten I'd given them that allowed them a little <laughs> bit of control over the the Sending Stones demon that powers the thing. And this wizard made a deal to try to get the Sending Stone demon to kill a miracle in transport. So it was a pretty cool session. That uh, was awesome. Yeah, it was. I was like, man, I forgot about that mask. <laughs> and that's he used like, it so. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it was perfect, so it had to had to work. So I gave him cool effects from it all. I mean it was pretty ingenious, so it was pretty cool. That's uh, like your campaign coming full circle. That's it was. So cool. It was. Someone even commented that it was like you know it was sort of nice getting back out in the muster town into the sending stone and everything like that. So uh, so we had that, and then of course they're still trying to deal with Leotah, who still holds a miracles tower, uh, and they. Have essentially worked their way back into the interdimensional space where they need to figure out how to get past that in order to actually fight Leotah herself. So that was my gaming this week. Um, good times. It was a we had, we had a real good time with it. Bunch of that stuff came from uh, Harley's Emrakul was framed, right? <laughs> yeah, I had a lot of I had a lot of fun ghostwriting that for Michael Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> now, no, however, they, they do yeah. use the Temple of the Moon for the base of operations. So That's I was going to say, it's super yes. sweet whenever that comes up. It just warms yes. my heart. Yes, a lot of this started out in the Temple of the Moon where the, where the attacks on a miracle happened and where two characters got killed inside the temple. So, yeah, we, I, I'm both Michael and Harley are both playing heavily into recurring elements in the campaign. As it should be. That is awesome. How about you, Miss Jen? Um, let's see, this past week, uh, our first edition D&D group finished the playtest of Murder in Sandemeyer, which is the Hobby Shop Dungeon project. Um, in the course of playtesting, we had a total of two TPKs, so eh, maybe some things will be tweaked in the final end there. Um, 
haven't been running any DCC myself, but I have been buffing up on my zines. I was able to go through Crawling Under a Broken Moon, uh, the first and second one. And, man, those are, I got to say, Jim, those are right up your alley. I know. I, I have such a problem with that because I want to read them and I just can't. I have to keep my uh, head clean. I'll, I'll do it vicariously for you then. Enjoy it, please, for me. But yes. <laughs> there are actually some very similar things going on, so I understand what you're saying on that. Um, and I had to do some research on a game called Elfwood, which is in line with the success game where – Basically, the only dice are D6s. Had to do a little bit of research for that since our next uh, CD from Maroon is actually tied into that game. It was part of the Kickstarter, so it's one of the rewards, and it'll be coming out for Gen Con. Yay! Nice. Very cool. I owe you a huge thank you. Uh, someone wrote a letter to Save or Die mentioning Benoit Perrar, and with your coaching, I'm able to pronounce his name correctly. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for that. Of course. And Harley, how about you? Well, I'm I'm gearing up for my next session with um, with my my kid group. They're now in, headed into sixth grade, and their dad and a and a younger son who's he's headed into second grade. So they're they're just about to uh, explore. By the time this comes out, this won't be spoilers. But for the, you know, for them, I'm I'm giving them the. The, the base castle plus the, the dungeons beneath it. So I'm looking forward to kind of introducing them to that sort of old school play. And then uh, the rest of my time, my evenings and some of my early mornings are being spent working on the, uh, the stretch goals for Purple Planet, doing the ecology book and uh, working on some of that. Well, we'll get into it in the interview part of the show, but is it my, my imagination or did Joseph make a real solid attempt to get out ahead of the curve before this Kickstarter even started? Oh no, absolutely. That's that's kind of been the cool piece of this is that we're building on previous lessons learned. You know, when when the Kickstarter originally funded on whatever on day two or at the end of day one, you know, Joseph sent the adventure, not the box set, but he sent the adventure to the the printer, you know, then and there. So if everything works out, um we should have copies of the of the core adventure at Gen Con. You know, the the the, the box set and all the additions will be coming later, but um for folks that just back the, the 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 adventure, they should be able to pick it up there. Or for Yay! Idi- or for idiots like me who will buy it there and then get their Kickstarter one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I think it's time to summon some emails now. Let's try that. You've got mail. Message for you, son. Summon email. Emails, we got emails. Job, I know how much you love reading emails. You want to get the first one? I think you can handle it. Sure. It's pretty long, I mean, Jim. I don't know. <laughs> it's a long one. Okay, this one, uh, this email reaches us from Brian Meadows. Hello, Spellburners. Thanks, Brian, a.k.a. Crazy Bear. <laughs> Oh, yeah. okay. Hey. All right. It was, was all, it was longer. only two sentences long, and you missed one. <laughs> Maybe it was a little longer than that. Okay, so so Brian Meadows writes, "Hello, Spellburners. I was just wondering if anyone is going to Cant Con in Kansas next month. Thanks, Brian, aka Crazy Bear. So me? No, I've never been to Kansas. So anyone else? No, and it's the, yeah, the con weekend? is yeah, the con was last weekend. No, I wasn't there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure Taco John went, though. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, he had the right. set up and yeah. John Hirschberger was there with you know with all the DCC stuff and their black blades. So, so yes, while not, while not spellburn, you know uh, the, the so second ring of the burners were there. God, if this wasn't such a shoestring you production, did. we'd call him right up now and get him on. <laughs> Tell us about it. <laughs> you should have should have John. We should. You know, because so much of Goodman Games is is chaos behind the drapes, and uh, John Hirschberger is often the antithesis of that. Oh, he's unflappable. He's my hero. Yeah, yeah. Unflappable in the face of chaos. Okay, uh, next email. So the next email is from Dave Beatty, and he writes, Hey, judges. It's been several months since last writing in with a slew of questions, so I thought I'd take advantage of your empty sack, no pun intended, with some new questions I have after running several events and home games. Before I begin, though, kudos to Judge Jen for sliding right in on the podcast. She's really a wonderful addition to the show, and you couldn't have picked a better person to throw into the fires with you. Here, here. Ah, brown <laughs> So, my first question is relating to the different classes and races. They all seem to get their luck bonuses added to something. Fighters get to add it to weapon of choice. Wizards add it to corruption and mercurial magic. I can't seem to find where a thief or halfling gets a bonus. I'm assuming this is because they each have a different luck mechanic. But I wanted to make sure I wasn't missing something in the book and was curious what thoughts are on this. If you were to help, would you allow them to give a one-time luck bonus too? So we'll cover that one first. He's got another question after that, but we can do this one first. So what would you – is there a spot where the thief or halfling gets a bonus on a specific item like fighters or wizards do? Besides everything, they decide to spend luck on all day long and then regenerate it later that night? I think besides that, yes. Okay. And, and they add their luck modifier. It's not always a bonus. Sometimes it's a negative. Right. Anyway, yeah, I don't think there's any any other can uh, bonus. Yeah, I don't think so either that I can recall. Harley? No, I don't think, I don't think there is. But it, it's for the reasons you guys have, have have pulled up. You know that they they're using their you know their their luck their ability to spend luck points is like you know one of their core attributes or at least the core abilities yeah so you can sort of use it wherever you wherever you want more liberally than some of the others um so if you were to house rule it what would you allow them to have a one time luck bonus to if you would at all i think ah oh, that's fascinating huh huh you know like like keeping with some of the tolkien stuff you could definitely do it with like uh death saves for the halflings Ooh, that'd you know, be when, nice. they, when, when they roll Bilbo over at the you know at the end of the battle, and you know, sure enough, he just took a blow to the head. Wow, um, that was well done, sir. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, yeah, Jen, you're reading all the Vants. What do you think? Anything for Kujal? Um, you know, for for a thief, I would almost allow them to create a signature pickpocket move or something. Oh no, I got it. For thieves, they get to apply their luck bonus to reading scrolls. Like Kujal. Kept screwing up. Uh. <laughs> That'd be yeah, sort of cool, but, though. Yeah. Because they haven't got much of a chance to start with. <laughs> yeah, that is true. Well, but they do if they if they ever turn, choose to, to, to burn those points. I mean, that's that's the... They can really, you know, it's it's the it's rolling, you know, wherever they want to get lucky is, 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 is their ability. You know? I want to live long enough to see a thief's jump into a spell duel in DCC. That's what I want to see someday. Because <laughs> it, it says right in the rules they can do it. 
Oh, yeah. Job will be the one to write it. If there's an adventure out there that does that, it'll be his. <laughs> okay, so Dave continues to write, I'm also wondering what your thoughts are on the cleric in regards to the disapproval mechanic. I'm beginning to wonder if it might not need some tweaking. If you consider all the different things a cleric can do, he will more than likely have to make several rolls throughout a session. I don't have the book in front of me, but it seems like an average roll of a 12. With every failed roll, the poor cleric will accumulate either another plus one to the disapproval rating. I've seen this in practice once when I ran well of the worm at a con. The player was rolling badly, and soon after a few spell attempts, combined with healing, he was ready to leave the table. It seems like the cleric class is being punished for failing rolls exclusively. Maybe it was designed to be this way. Just seems a little harsh in play when compared to the other classes and what happens when they fail. Thanks, Judge Beatty. Well, I mean, you know, at lower levels, I think it's a little harsher for the cleric. But, you know, once you gain a few levels, I don't think it's that bad. I'm pretty much fine with it. I mean, I I have a cleric, obviously, Santh in the online play. And, I mean, he fails roles and that disapproval goes up. But I don't see, I don't think he's being unjustly punished for it. I mean, the wizards have a tough time if, (laughs) you know, if they roll low or roll one or something like that. So I'm, I don't think I would tweak the, the disapproval on a cleric. I just haven't seen it be that much of a issue in the games I've run. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a, a cleric death spiral. Definitely that. Uh, if, I mean, it gets you know, to the point yeah. where, but I think it works well because it helps you gauge that healing. Do I really yeah, want to do it? Yeah. Well, it's only a death spiral if the particular player is like one of those people who can't go to the casinos, you know, where he just <laughs> keeps hitting the slot machine uh-huh. over and over but, and over. You know, often, yeah. I would just encourage that player to, you know, to, to try to consider making sacrifices to avert that death spiral because that's what I never end up seeing, at least in con games, is that you know the the, the you know the death spiral starts and there there are there is the ability to to um, to remediate that um, you know by, by by sacrificing things to your god or your deity, but um, too often that doesn't come up at least uh, in con games. You can also take the preventative measure of just buddying up to the halfling early in the game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> Definitely helpful. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm glad. I don't think it's an unbalanced game mechanic at all, and that's because compared to when we all played like basic D&D and first edition D&D at first and second level, you've only got a heal or maybe two. So this mechanic gives you at first and second level all the heals you can roll. That's the other side of the coin Mm -hmm. if you roll well. Right, and unlike yeah. the wizard, if you fail, you don't lose that ability for the day. Yeah, I've I've, I've seen it balance out just great in games. But uh, if somebody was new to role playing or maybe uh, came straight from Mathfinder, I could see where maybe they're get a little cheesed <laughs> off. And I have seen the uh, the sacrifice in play. Uh, one of my first games that I ran in uh, over at the friendly local gaming store. Cleric kept rolling one after one after one and came across a nice little treasure hoard. He took it before any of the rest of the party could get to it and ran over to the fireplace and melted it down in effigy. So <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it's cool. You see it in, in, in Jeffrey's game. Um, you know, so what, what happens when, you know, when the cleric starts losing you know, his ability to cast spells is that it's this great role-playing moment. You'll hear, is it Xanth? Is it... I think I think Xanth is Sam, the cleric. Yeah, you know? yep. yeah. Xanth is the you cleric. Know, he'll, yep. he'll start, you know, cursing about, you know, how his gods forsaken him, and that's that's beautiful. You don't get that from any other, uh, yeah. you know. He's convinced. That, 
Yeah, he's convinced Monty does not want anything to do with Leotal because every time they've been in that tower, his roles have been horrible. And it's yeah, been great. He, they get out of the tower, he rolls, and it's awesome. He gets in, and it's <laughs> like I said, it's really been played up pretty well because he's like, I'll go in with you guys, but I'm not happy about it because he his character has reasons See, how the awesome. mechanics have happened to work. To that is so fun. That, that sort of like immersion yeah, role playing is just so sweet, you know. And that's called out because of the failure mechanic. Yep. And and if you're playing that that cleric, it's beholden to you to start letting the party know, hey, the heels are about to stop flowing, so pull it back a little bit up front. Uh-huh. 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 Stop charging into everything. I just healed you all up a round ago. Could you stay healed for more than ten minutes? <laughs> exactly. Okay, so we got uh one more email, right? Yep. One sure. more. Okay. This one is from Noah Stevens who writes Briark, O hoary and wizened judges, my loins and antennae quiver with anxious anticipation at the end of every episode, wishing and longing for the next taste. Wow, this is a good one to read on (laughs) Gary Gygax Day. Uh, I think with the stuff I am writing lately, mainly for DCC, I am detecting in myself, and others too, I think, a tendency to move away from traditional D&D-oriented tropes with more death rays and androids and dimensional weirdness. Perhaps this is why... The DCC book resonates with me because I use the verb resonate so freely. <laughs> now, argue how you may about Greyhawk and the gonzoness of the days of yore, but somewhere in the late 80s and maybe around the 90s, fantasy role playing games sort of meant elves and dwarves and hobbits. Ah, man, this guy and I are soul brothers. Uh, maybe you guys could hunt, do a hunt <laughs> of the weirder side of DCC stuff. You've given an excellent view of elves, dwarves, hobbits, etc. over the past couple of shows, but now let your long mane and tail-type elf hair down, shake it off, and swear it away, share it away to reveal your scaly and begilled translucent flesh underneath. I am just finishing the Asked and Answer episode. I guess you and abjure thee all to find, for example, the high awfulness that the G-plus community can offer thee. Why, Mike Evans, Jurgen Mayer, Jeremy Derham, and Clayton J.P. alone could give you ten whole shows worth of great stuff. May you terrifically fail all your saves, burn the totality of your luck, and die in the most fiendish and gleeful ways possible. Not in reality, of course. Yours most humbly and truly, Google Plus Crawler, Noah Stevens. Nice! <laughs> Good email. That's a timely email. That's a round of applause. I, I, he's preaching to the choir. I mean, there's a there's a there's a whole thing about O D and D that people look back on with nostalgia and think it was all based on Tolkien, and it has this Tolkien veneer on it. But underneath that, Gygax and Arneson and Dave Hargrave out on the West Coast, they were just chucking in anything that was in an appendix in literature book they liked into the game all at once. I mean, so a Martian white ape shows up in the middle of a dungeon. They didn't care. I mean, where do the rest of you fall out on this? You, you want your high fantasy more more token-esque or more strictly high fantasy, or do you like your gonzo? I definitely like, you know, the the whole appendix and kind of anything could be in there. And you're reading it, and, and all of a sudden, you know, there's you know a flying saucer or something. I just I just love that stuff. I'm a little bit more vanilla. I actually the gonzoness is cool. It's awesome, and I have a great time doing it. But uh, I, I appreciate the vanilla too. I don't necessarily want all my games that way. But uh, I mean, my current campaigns have been a good mix. Drop in some of the gonzoness here and there. A little bit more mainstream here and there. Uh, 
But I think DCC works really, really well with the gonzoness and it fits in. I, I feel a little more forced. Maybe it's just because I'm used to how I used to play the other games, but uh, I think DCC works great with the gonzoness and uh, a little bit of it in there for me is, is a great time. Yeah, I'm with Jeffrey on that one. I think they they both have their place in against to the more traditional style of fantasy works. Um, if anything, for Appendix N influence, I'd like to throw a little bit more of the horror aspect in there. Well, that's legit, too. I mean, uh, obviously, there's a strong Lovecraft theme in DCC. Mm-hmm. And, and that plays perfectly to me. And, and that is Michael Curtis's fault. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Job. <laughs> I was copying Michael Curtis. <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, a little bit goes a long way. You don't want it in there all the time. Yeah, I mean, otherwise you're playing, you know, Metamorphosis Alpha or Mutant Crawl Classics. Well, it cuts both ways. A couple of sessions ago in, in my post-apocalyptic game, a spell duel broke out. And it was a spell duel with Mazer rifles, but my game is so crazy, we just all expect those kinds of things to happen. And everybody just rolled with it. And, and that's awesome. But that's the premise of that, so it's a little different. Okay, then. Does that wrap it up for emails? I believe it does. Okay, sweet. Then let's do what we're all here for and interview this man. Let's go to Mighty Deeds. Wait a second. I have an idea. That's plenty for the both of us. I move for no man. (laughs) Ow. Mighty Deeds. Mr. Purple Planet, thank you for being on the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's a real treat. The interview we wanted so bad, we had to record it twice. (laughs) Curse you, Michael Curtis. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, just to get the ball rolling, uh, your big project that's coming out is also the current Kickstarter uh, for Goodman Games, Peril on the Purple Planet. And I think we all have learned to say it correctly because the title changed a little. Peril of the Purple Planet now, right? <laughs> if you go to the, uh, yeah, yeah, the, uh, the the title page that Joseph has made says Peril on the Purple Planet. Peril on, man. Because it was Perils of before. It was, you know, it's, 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 it's evolved a little bit. But yeah, right now we're uh, Peril on, and it's been sent to the printer since the Kickstarter funded, you know, however many days ago. So it is Peril on the Purple Planet. So, so first thing. We're things- stuck with it now. <laughs> First things first, before we even talk about the Kickstarter, anybody that's going to Gen Con, it'll be on, the, the adventure itself will be on sale at Gen Con, right? Uh, the adventure itself will be available for backers at Gen Con, and once um, the backers that are, you know, are scheduled to pick it up there have been satisfied, you know, they've all received their copies, then any extra copies we have will be available for sale. Yes. Ooh, so even extra hard to get. That's good for cons. Nice. Yeah, like Sunday only. <laughs> Okay, well, we, we have lots of new listeners that don't hang out on the Google Plus page. You want to just give us the, the elevator speech on what's up with the peril on the Purple Planet? Sure. Um, you know, a while ago, Joseph um, pitched the idea of, of an adventure, uh, you know, like a hex crawl world adventure similar to, you know, Al Murek or some of the Barsoom series, the Mars stuff that uh, Burroughs did. And. Peril of the Purple Planet was born out of that. 
and so we have we have an adventure where our heroes are are sucked across the cosmos to and arrive on a on on the face of a dying planet and through the course of their adventures you know they're they're a trying to escape the planet but b that requires um a certain artifact that they're that can be acquired you know through a bunch of different means and so it's it's a it's a sand crawling hex crawl over the course of a dying planet while the pcs are being assailed by hordes of of man beasts and foreign foreign technologies and magics and um yeah and that's the purple planet and at least a year in production because i remember it being play tested at last gen con yeah it was being play tested at last gen con you know we've we've had it done for a while in anticipation of the of the kickstarter so that you know, Joseph knew that he wanted to turn it around as quickly as possible, uh, pending any any stretch goals. So, right with the chain coffin is kind of an example of how these uh, Kickstarters can just blow through stretch goals and turn into box sets. You sort of have the advantage of having seen that happen to chain coffin and know more to do with this one. Exactly. I, I, you know, we're we're still we're still learning lessons. Um, you know, with the, with the whole Kickstarter, uh, what would you call it? means of, of funding uh, adventures um it probably well we're definitely not going to do it with all our adventures but it is a really cool uh, technique for for taking interesting adventures and making them really really cool like uh you know for the chain coffin we have the the, the michael curtis's brilliant spin puzzle and you know for this you know it's allowing us to do the the massive uh cover that Doug Kovacs painted, which is just absolutely beautiful and inspiring to the those of us that are riding the adventure, and then and now packing that that um, the the box set you know as just as full as possible. And we want to be sure and mention the co-authors that are piling on top of this along with you. Oh yeah, well, and that's actually one of the kind of the really cool things about you know Peril is that it, it's so much. Um, a collaborative group effort, you know. So we have we have Tim Callahan, um, we have Daniel Bishop, Terry Olson, Edgar Johnson, just this all star cast of folks that whose whose writing I love to read, contributing to to Purple Planet and making it that much cooler. Isn't that the best thing ever? It, it's pretty. It's it's pretty awesome. It, no, yeah. I mean, if somebody came to me and said, "Hey, I want you and Job to go write something," I love Job's stuff. I'd be, "Oh, hell yeah, yeah, yeah." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and and on top of that, you know, just just having Doug's artwork, you know, both inspired by our writing and then inspiring our writing, it's 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 creating. This is this is a, a different step than what we've done for for previous DCCs, where typically the vision is just held by either the author or the author with some of um, you know Doug's art, and then here it's it's a, it's a deep collaborative effort. It's taking place at all at the same time, so you know we're all you know there's there's emails flying back every every day. It's 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 all very tightly interwoven, you know. So we're all holding to this one vision, but to have these different points of view, it creates a depth of an adventure, um, which we might not normally have, which is really appropriate for like a, a sandbox hex crawl. It's 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 really exciting. It's it's it's, it's probably the funnest thing I've had the opportunity to participate in within a while. Yeah, I think that'd work real well, getting all the different voices in there to, you know, like you said, give it a little bit of extra spice and seasoning to it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, th- I think that'll be pretty cool. 
well, you know, you're not constrained by one person's imagination. And these guys are brilliant. <laughs> like, like these are all these are the people. Like, I buy their stuff. Like, I, I go out and like, oh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna rip off Daniel Bishop today, or you know, something. Tim's written is is absolutely brilliant, and then so you know, to to be able to work with them is is a real privilege. It, it's very symbiotic. Yeah, yeah, in in a, in a wonderful way. So, Doug, was there is there some story about like how do Doug? we go from? Oh, I'm sorry. You know, I'm looking at Doug. Oh, I'm looking at the kobold picture. Sorry, Harley. Wow. Harley's, Harley's Skype icon is a Doug Kovacs kobold. In in Job's defense. Yeah. Sorry. What were you, what were you going to say, Michael? I was just going to say, is there, there some story? <laughs> is there some story about how you? Uh, Went from the title "Perils uh, of the Purple Planet" to "Perils on the Purple Planet." Peril. It's it's singular <laughs> now. Oh, okay. I mean, where's the hair splitting there? Like, what happened be- behind scenes to, to come uh, to this new name? Uh, I think I, I don't know, but I suspected it's it's nothing more sophisticated than than Joseph laying out the cover. Um, yeah, there's there's the, I wish there was a, a a cool story or a conspiracy behind that, but it's yeah, there's not. All right, thanks, Doug. You know, <laughs> if it, I, I'm, I'm notorious for misspelling. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll misspell villains, and soon, you know, soon Cesar Khan gets spelled a certain way because that's how I've misspelled it the most. And um, and I, I, you know, perils of, perils on, peril singular of on. That could all just be me, like you know, failing to type an S, and uh, you know, yeah. Dude, I got your back. I can't even say Miscavige, much less spell it. <laughs> Gesundheit. Um, I, yeah, I noticed before, Cesar Khan is spelled a couple different ways in, in a couple places, isn't it? Well, that's just so you don't ever know his true name. That's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the reason for that. Oh, right. Yeah, you don't, want, you don't want to get power over him. So Exactly. He's a, he's a lame patron anyway. All the spellings <laughs> out there are false already. So Okay, so we've covered the, the co-authors. Have you, how much of the art have you seen? I, I mean, the... Uh, great wraparound four-panel Doug Kovacs cover art that might end up as a GM's or judge screen is mm-hmm. online and everybody's seen it. And I think one piece, is it looks like Stefan Pogart is on the Kickstarter site. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I haven't, I haven't dug through the original uh, PDF in a while. It was, it was months ago that we proofed it and, and you know, and, and sent it around through the, through the playtest groups. Um, let me see if I can try to remember... I want to say there's some Wilsons in there who I'm just a massive fan of, but there's there's Stefan. I'll see. There's definitely some Wilsons. I know he's uh, he's been showing up a lot more recently. Yeah, I you know like so there's something about the the quality of 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 his his line art, his his you know his inks that is just so reminiscent of you know 1984 Jeff D for me that it's it's. It's really evocative. I, I know some people have mixed opinions, but I, I, I love the guy. He's one of my favorite artists. Yeah, I like it. Actually, when we were talking to, to uh, uh, Michael about uh, his Kickstarter, I mistakenly thought that it was actually a Jeff D. And, and right. I, I mean, uh, his, saw the signature. Yeah. Oh, I know exactly the one you mean. It was the uh, Illo with Black Cloak in it. Yep, yep. Okay, well, uh, I suppose we should go through the stretch goals. The first six of which have been hit, and number seven is only a couple hundred bucks or a couple thousand away right now. Yeah. Uh, the first stretch goal that's already met. So you've got the adventure. It it will come in a box set with like a thirty dollar pledge. Uh, see, I need to take a look at the pledges. Actually, so no, the 
the the adventure itself, um, the core adventure, you know, print and PDF can be had for twenty dollars, and then so that includes the wraparound cover, the three panel gatefold map, but to get all the the cool stuff. Oh right, it's fifty bucks. It's fifty bucks to to bump up to the to the box set, and at that point you start you know we start stuffing the box, and the box starts expanding depending on how many how many stretch goals we meet. Well, just the stretch goals that have already met that's a that's a fifty dollar bargain. So worth it. I, I I hope so. I hope feel people feel that way. You know, by the time we get to you know towards the end, I think it's going to get pretty exciting because at that point, you know, if there's the chance for the screen there, if there's a chance for um, you know the the underplanet stuff at that point, you know, it, it's just it's the the setting starts to really blossom exponentially. Well, already that fifty bucks gets you the box set and the adventure with the gatefold cover, mm-hmm. a tomb of the ancients chapter in the campaign guide, be- which is so sweet. Okay, really quickly, and I'm sorry, you guys can feel free to cut me off. So, um, you know, for all their for all their dead heroes and and martyrs, these 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 kith, these man beasts, um, they're they're. They're creating carns and, and, and tombs, you know, in these ancestral peaks. And so this was a chance for, you know, Tim, Daniel, Terry, and Edgar to, to make, uh, you know, potentially, you know, dozens of small, tiny little dungeons, you know, little, little burial mounds that, that these artifacts have been stored in. That's what, that's what Tomb of the Ancients deals with, which is Tombs of the Ancients. My apologies. Which is awesome because you would run this thing. It's it's got it's gotten so huge you could run it as a whole mini campaign, and that's your little mini dungeon to the side when the players stray. Boom! Oh yeah, well, well, in multiple mini dungeons, like oh, you know, like we've seen this tomb before. We're not going to loot it, or we know this one's empty, or we we think this one, you know, looks like it might be trapped, so we're going to avoid it. And oh, we hadn't seen this one before, and so there's really you know this opportunity for player choice to to really influence um, you know how how the exploration goes. And the second stretch goal that's already been hit is a third booklet for the box set called Ecology of the Kith. Yes, sir. How much, how much can we preview the Kith without getting into spoilers? You know, I, I, I don't want to do too much. Um, I, so, you know, so we, it should also be noted this one has already been expanded you know, with, with, with further stretch goals. But, um, so we're working on you – know, it, it's, it's a fine line. So you want to, you want to provide valuable information to the judge – that can also influence PCs in play. And so, you know, the, the ecology is not worth anything unless it's going to come up on the game table and make, make stuff actually cool. You know, we could do 500 pages of the history of the last war and, and you know, this battle and that battle and do the whole Cimmerillion, but that's not interesting to <laughs> players, then it doesn't count. And so, um, so it's an ecology booklet book um, that's, that's growing every day. But... Um, the 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 intent really there is to to provide adventure hooks and seeds for the judges that they can that they can hang um, you know adventures on you know so 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 right now I'm, I'm working on this and uh, the, the the very thing I was working on today is okay so if your PCs they meet up with one of these war bands they decide they're going to cast their lots with this with this war band they're going to join up well the kith won't just accept you out of hand what are the the rites of passage what are the challenges they're going to put the PCs through before they accept them into their social order and and it's 
it's those sort of hooks and adventures that the ecology book is. Is it about. the kind of hooks where you have to hang by your nipples in the swim Oh, lodge? yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a culture out there, I'm ripping it off. Absolutely. Um, you know, so what are, what, are the, what are the defining features of the, of the, of the kith is, you know, they, they march around with these, with these war banners, these, you know, these standards, you know, just draped with the hides and the skids of their, of their foe. And so the PCs want to join. Well, you know, where's your war banner? So they, they, they give them the posts. They strip the PCs naked, send them out into the wastes and the PCs, you know, bereft of equipment, gear, spellbooks, you know, have to deal with the with the purple planet and hopefully come back, you know, with corpses that they can, you know, they can um, decorate their own own war banner with. So, so it's that sort of stuff. That, yeah, it's sorry? information that they get to do the the field anthropological studies in. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Love it. Player character field studies all amount to how can we burn it down or take it over. <laughs> Yeah, but you have to study it first to, to get to that conclusion. So, yeah, I love it. And then uh, Stretch Goal 3 is a folio called Mysteries of the Purple Planet, which is, looks like it's nothing but adventure hooks and random encounters. Yeah, that one's pretty exciting. You know, um, you know, my, my co-authors are already hard at work on that one. Uh, they've been firing ideas, you know, back and forth, bouncing off one another and to Joseph. And so they're... They're in the thick of it. I'm actually avoiding that one so I can focus on the ecology um, book right now. Well, you know me. I like my wizards, so I'm rooting for Stretch Goal 7. I want my booklet that's <laughs> the magic of the purple planet because <laughs> Papa needs some new spells. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which is going to be terrifying. So the, 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 the thrust of the purple planet, which is a little you know, close to your heart, Jim, is – you know, there, there's these these man beasts running, or you know, that have been beaten down by by centuries and eons of war, and so they have these these ancient technologies that they don't necessarily know how to fix. They don't necessarily know how to use, but they employ them in this this ceaseless battle for survival. And so, you know, so we have all the the kind of the requisite you know tech items. You know, the, we have your blasters and your rifles and whatnot, and and a whole host of gear. And so, and then adding magic to that, you know, puts a puts a separate spin on on the purple planet. You know, what are what, what are their forgotten rites and rituals, and and like you said, what you know, what's what are the new spells that the PCs can discover on the on the purple planet? Well, God, this that email writer we had, Noah Stevens. This is exactly what he's asking for. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's all kinds of Gonzo. Well, well you know, uh, Harley. Mm-hmm. One thing I was interested in is uh, the gravity on the on the on the purple planet. Are the uh, do the PCs have any kind of you know you know John Carter type strength advantage <laughs> over the natives no, or anything like no, that? Uh, I, we, I I intentionally avoided that. We're we're doing um, we have an, a, another adventure that I'm working on, uh, Journey to the Center of Aerith, where. Um, I realized that you know as, as you get closer to the Earth's or you know the planet's core, the the mass sucking you in, the, the you know the it's a you know the relative gravity diminishes as you get closer. So as the PCs journey closer and closer and closer to the world's core, they become relatively effectively stronger and stronger. So I wanted to use that one and really save that for Journey to the Center of Aerith. And so okay. we, we skipped over, you know, cribbing the, the John Carter strength bonus on Purple Planet. And in fact, because, you know, you can never punish your PCs enough, we have this, you know, this weirdling 
sun that hangs in the in the skies of the purple planet, which actually saps the PCs of their not not of, not of their strength, but if you um, PCs that are unable to solve the mysteries necessary to adapt to the purple planet will quickly find themselves growing weaker and weaker under the weirdling sun. Yeah, man, I got. I, uh-huh. We we went through the play test, and I I, I got a couple of words for you about some of that stuff. <laughs> but we'll, it's spoiler area, so we will have to talk about it off air. Is the solution sunblock? Is that is that how you? <laughs> there's no. There's there's uh there's a lot of natural resources that are available for the PCs to tap under the on the purple planet, and but they have to explore that and solve it for themselves. Plus, you've seen the cover art. When all else fails, just go to the mushroom forest and start helping yourself. See what happens. Which is such a cool handout. And I'm sorry, I'm just geeked out about this. So, so <laughs> Doug Tubex, so, you know, all right, you know, and Job understands this. You know, you're, you're writing up your thing, you send it, you're like, oh, I need a, I need a handout, you know, with, with, you know, with 13 different types of mushrooms on it, you know, and there's some tall ones and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, what comes back gets kicked back is, oh, you know, Doug Kovacs made this panoramic image. And so every mushroom you see on that, that side of the screen is actually specifically keyed to stuff I wrote um, that Doug Kovacs, you know, morphed. And so a, a, a player can say, oh, my PC wants to try tasting that one or I... I rub this one in my wound, or I cut off the stalk and I burn it and I boil it down into a into a mushroom mucus. What does that do? And and the judge has an answer for every single mushroom on that handout. Get out! It's, nice. it's so it's so awesome. It's so, so that's pretty cool. I I, I don't think yeah. I've ever heard of an adventure where the color cover art matched the the insides for like a, a game effects table. Yeah, yeah, and and it's panoramic and beautiful and evocative. I mean. I know I'm going to say this a lot tonight, but Doug Kovacs just killed it. It's it's just one of those things where you, where you know you're working on the adventure for a while, and and then he kicks back cover art, which is even more inspiring than what you gave him, and you just want to step it up because his cover art is so brilliant that you don't want the adventure to fall short. It's it's been a fantastic process. Now, Michael Curtis told me that uh, he is actually has to step down his game to match up to. Uh... <laughs> Doug's art. So there would be a difference between you and Michael Curtis, yeah. uh, Harley. Michael, Michael, Michael Curtis is, you know, he enjoys certain privileges. And, and I have to say that I appreciate, you know, Doug Kovacs. You know, Michael Curtis can work with anybody. But, uh, you know, I, I, I came into this with Doug Kovacs and I'm going to go out with Doug Kovacs. Well, I, no, I email Doug all the time when I'm writing stuff. I'm like, hey, what do you think of this? What do you think of this idea? What do you think what the art would look like for this? And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. <laughs> well, you know, I, I hope it'll come up later tonight, but um, the work that Doug and Wayne and Jen and company have been doing for Escape from Catastrophe Island is just going to be so much fun. This, all right, I hate you all. I'm not going to be at Gen Con. <laughs> this isn't one of those podcasts where we have to do show notes in order, so let's just go straight to Doug Con and Catastrophe Island. Oh, okay. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll get back to the Purple Planet. <laughs> Um, Escape from Catastrophe Island is going to be awesome. It's it was inspired by Doug Kovacs and Joe Bittman, who will sadly be absent. Uh, I didn't do anything. Not true. <laughs> you did you did the whole co GMing thing with Doug, which which inspired. That was the oh. you know the originator for all this. Yeah, plus you saw his reaction to the last podcast. He's like, "This is what I'm talking about." What you guys brought up. 
Yeah, we talk about that sometimes. So we have we're on the same wavelength. Oh, well, that's well, scary. But yeah, <laughs> you know, so it, it's just neat when artists and writers. I mean, we're all also gamers, but but Doug's and and Wayne and company. They're I mean, they're actually gamers, and so you know they you know Doug has a few minutes of free time, and he's sketching down things, beautiful artwork for you know, an adventure that may only see the light of day, you know, these four nights during Gen Con. But Escape from Catastrophe Island, um, PCs are going to be marooned. There's going to be, you know, two, possibly three judges running every night concurrently as the PCs affect each other and each other's tables. Um, just today we're talking about, okay, well, what if the party splits? And, um, and it came up, well, you know, if so if I'm there, if some other judges are there, you know, if the party splits, you don't get to stay with Wayne and have Wayne try to, you know, juggle between your, your split-up party. He, Wayne's actually going to throw your PCs to me, and I get to, you know, <laughs> do whatever I want with your player characters until the party reunites. Uh, it's going to be a blast, and it's going to be chaos incarnate. None of us know where it's going, and but everyone's competent enough that we can uh, ensure that it's going to be an exciting game experience. And it's just a, it's a crime that Job's not going to be there. You know, for an unofficial game night, this has really turned into something kind of official. And that's just, you know, that's the enthusiasm of of, of Doug, Wayne, and everybody else for... The whole know, community. Yeah. yeah. yeah They're exactly. rabid. Exactly. And they, well, and they should be. It's going to be so much fun. Yes. It It's just... It, I don't know what it is about this damn game, but I mean... We're all we're all either writers or artists or both. So I'm sure we our lives have been full of other writers and artists who are not um, collaboration friendly. And it's just this game attracts the best uh, players, the best fans, the best creators because it takes a special kind of creator to just to collaborate interactively with another creator. Uh, and, and there's something curious, you know. It could just be the the place and time where we're at, where you know, desktop publishing is so ubiquitous that you know that everyone can create something but you know we're just awash in these amazing fanzines um you don't even want to call them fanzines like you know you see the stuff that that carl's putting together i mean those things are beautiful (laughs) like these 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 zines and zine covers it's it's like almost it's almost a step back to you know like you know these 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 handmade works of art that everyone's contributing you, to, to you, the group. Are you talking about yeah. the Well of Souls or whatever? The Carl. Yes, PCA? that stuff is gorgeous. Like, oh, yeah. his, his, who's, who's had one in their yet, Who's had one in their hand? I mean, that's almost me. boutique printing in a fanzine style digest size module. I mean, yeah. he's he selected the paper. It's got little torn <laughs> edges along the side. Right. Oh, he saw nice. all those iterations he went through with the printing. Yeah, it's it's amazing. And to think that all of this was inspired by, like, you know, Dak doing his, you know, starting crawl however long ago. I don't know. It's, it's, it's a, we, we live in a pretty awesome time that, you know, a, a niche game can, can show up and inspire and then be inspired by, you know, this community. We're, we're very fortunate. I, I, I hope the people who are coming to this new in their 20s appreciate what's happening because it, I was a teenager in the 70s, and that's what this reminds me so much of is when D&D very first started but hadn't become popular. It was still underground, and we were out there convincing stores to carry it, and fanzines were popping up. I, just, I love every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's really fun to watch, and it's really fun to, to take part in. Um, and, yeah, you know, no, I, yeah. 
I just want to mention this. Art. Do, you, do you remember the first time I met you in uh, Gen Con? Um, I, it was during 4E, right? Because you, you and I talked about, weren't you doing work for watching? No. Like, yeah, I can edit yeah. stuff. Yeah, no, no, no. It was, it was right after DCC RPG came out. And uh, you were over at Doug's uh, booth. And I said, uh, I was like, hey, right. you're, you're Harley Stroh, right? And you're like, uh, yes, I am. And yeah, somebody came by and you guys were talking about a game or something. And I was standing there and, and you're like, oh, gosh, I wish we had some more players or something. And uh, <laughs> you guys were totally ignoring me, you know, like. Yeah, no, no, we weren't totally ignoring. No, but yeah, yeah. But but you said uh, you said that uh, that no one at all at the there was nowhere at the whole con at Gen Con to buy DCCRPG, and you're like yeah you and some Europeans came up to me and and said something about DCC and no one else said anything <laughs> at all. You remember this? Man. I do. We didn't have a booth. That was we just two Gen Cons ago, and I couldn't find a copy of the book anywhere on the flo- dealer floor. I know, I know, I know. And, and you know, we'll all still go to cons now, and that's still the case. Well, not if I have anything to say about it. Well, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Job, I, I, do, I do remember, and that wasn't that wasn't terribly long ago. I mean, it's yeah, yeah. It feels like years ago to me, right? Well, all all the stuff that's coming out now is 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 amazing, and it's it's yeah, it's it, and it's so cool to see. You know, I I don't get on Facebook often enough, but to just see the the G Blust community, you know, start to well, not start to you know, generating its own momentum creating its own things it's excited it's excited about and and those directly feed back into the you know doug and i and and edgar and terry and everybody else you know we're on every day and so you know it's it's feeding back into us and there there's just this community of contribution that's yeah that's really cool and and i'm so appreciative of it uh i don't want to sound like an ass kisser but it all goes back to joseph because uh, that I've never seen anybody in the game industry that was as canny a marketer as him. I mean, because he's using these Kickstarters as a way to do market research on what do the people really want. Because you get on an internet forum and people think they want all kinds of things. Uh-huh. But when you do it on Kickstarter and people start getting pledges involved, you find out, hey, wait, they do want a campaign setting. Hey, wait, they want a box set and they're willing to pay for it. Let's yeah. do this well, thing. And people, well, they really, they you know, they're they're speaking with their money at that point. You know, and so that's it's, it's one thing to be, you know, like like you said, you know, to have posts on a forum, and you can't tell is this a is this a vocal minority or are people really interested in this? And then you, you get into the Kickstarter setting, and you're yeah, you're able to discern what people are excited about. So back to the Purple Planet. <laughs> <laughs> All right. a long way around. We, we only if, only if you, to, only if you was, want to. <laughs> that was clever. That was well done. Uh, we haven't gotten to the coolest, ca- the the coolest whatever stretch goals yet, right? So, well, right, uh, handouts and GM screens and exactly, exactly. So whatever we're at at the time of this recording, we're like I don't know twenty six nine or something in terms of funding. But at uh, at twenty nine, like you were saying, we get Magic of the Purple Planet, and then um, then what at thirty uh, thirty three thousand, it's it's the Purple Under Planet. Which has has me excited, um, because that that's that's the that's coming directly from these other authors. You know, when I when I when I wrote this initially, uh, I hadn't I hadn't conceived and thought through the implications of, okay, you know, so there's this there's this sun that's out there killing us every day. Well, you know, we've adapted these you know certain responses to it, and then you know, and it was the other writers that came up with the idea. Well. You know, some of them didn't adapt; they just fled. And you know, those, those things that are 
you know, responding to this, uh, to this environment that have, have gone, you know, beneath the earth in order to survive, what have they become like? And so that's, that's what that book is all about. There's a my my compliments to you and Daniel and Edgar and all the rest of the crew because there's there's a couple of ways you can do this. You can just say, okay, we're going to do a module that's on an Edgar Rice Burroughs planet. We need some forearm guys and some ten legged horses, and and you're done. And it's very, uh, I mean, it may be an homage, but it's very transparent uh, rift off of the source material. This thing that you've written is a nice bubbling cauldron of all kinds of stuff like that. And and it and it's and it's it's referencing itself enough at this point that it's generating its own story and adventure ideas, which is which is really fun to see, you know. And it's it's all happening in the time frame that you know. Okay, all right, ten years from now, somebody comes back and writes another adventure for it. Well, it may or may not, you know. They're they're doing you know, well. Okay, so we we saw this happen with Forgotten Realms, right? You know, once they started to really get away from Ed Greenwood stuff, you know, they added parts and pieces that were stitched together that were really strange and weren't necessary in line with his vision. But because of all this is being done right now, you know, and, and is, and is so much in line with the core text, everything that's being generated, um, is, is being stitched together really closely. Well, definitely. I'll, I'll vouch for that. Uh, having gotten to play or play test, one of the segments that Edgar Johnson's got going in there, it has the same exact feel that was evoked during Gen Con last year, Harley. That makes I mean, me it so is happy. right in so, line. Well, Edgar's brilliant. I mean, that guy is just, you know, I don't know. There's, we're, everything I, I is haven't soft. met a slouch yet in the group yeah. of you. <laughs> you know, but it's just, it's, it's just fascinating to me. You know, we can stop recording right now. It's fascinating to me that <laughs> there are these people that were involved. It's not a movement, but involved in this game from the start. And somehow they're, they've remained seminal. Like, how the heck did Edgar Johnson and Adam and Wayne, how did these guys just happen to be around looking for a game, looking to put something together, and now they're these, these seminal icons of, of Dungeon Crawl Classics? Like, it doesn't make any sense. You know, there's these people, these, these personalities. You know, there's Job. You know, there's, there's Jeff's game. You know, there's all these amazing people that have come together at this point in time that are contributing to something so early on and are shaping its future. You're talking about... You're talking, it's awesome. Yeah, you're talking about the game mechanic, game design equivalent of mythic archetypes. When Joseph created this game, he was able to boil down a bunch of his ideas into something that's got a universal appeal, and then the rest of us react to that. And like the the Edgar and uh, those guys, you know, want to run the Metal Herlant hard uh-huh. ass campaign, and they <laughs> so that, that that's their little niche of it. And then there's post apocalyptic, and um, you know. Uh, Punjar and all the different little riffs on it. Everybody's attracts crawl jammer. It, yeah, yeah. It's all a bunch of spokes radiating out from this hub that Joseph built. And it's nothing we could have predicted or cared to predict or had any idea it would come here. And so now we get to ride on it. It's 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 you know and and see what everyone else is creating and really enjoy those creations. It's it's so, it's wonderful. All right, okay, but. <laughs> Okay, hit the record button again. Don't forget, we have stretch goal number nine at $38,000, which is oh. going to be the world's coolest judge screen. And Hang on. First, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa. You, did okay, not, okay. you didn't want that part in the podcast? I, I, I was teasing. I mean, that was, that was, me, <laughs> stepping, <laughs> that was me just stepping back and, and marveling at we're experiencing something real here. You oh, know? yeah, like, yeah. 
You know, this is this is this is there there are are people with incredible talents contributing to something as you know that you know 20 years from now no one's going to recall the Necrawl classics but I love that these specific moments are influenced by people I admire so much and that's not forgive me that's not bullshit like there are real amazing creatives out there contributing to what you and I get to get to play with and it is such an honor and you know anyways that that's all that that was about I think you've got four people who agree wholeheartedly with that. Yeah, yeah, and I and I apologize apologize for rambling on it, but it's 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 really special. It's really wonderful. So, so Harley, I w- actually, I want to you know, in the pre-show, you were talking about how little respect you have for Michael Curtis's writing. And I, <laughs> oh, I was, I was, I was just right, wondering, yeah. are you guys, uh, are, you know, are you guys a little, you know. Uh, uh, Competing a little bit for who can have the uh, the the highest pledges for their their Kickstarters. <laughs> well, and, and he Harley ended at thirty eight thousand twenty eight two hundred thirty eight, and you're already uh-huh. up to twenty six thousand nine hundred and nine. So, well, let's let's, let's, let's reframe that. Let's reframe that. Um, I have the utmost respect for Michael Curtis's writing and his game design. It's just Michael Curtis that I don't respect. Oh, okay. I didn't. I, I didn't follow that. With all the expletives it's, it's, it's that the string of expletives yeah. I, well, I didn't follow. So. I, I do want to get this cleared up because these guys try to convince me that it's it's like professional wrestling and it's not real. Oh, <laughs> well, well, I, I I can't say one way or the other, Jim. Just just know that in my heart of hearts, I I don't participate in any sports because I'm horribly horribly competitive and uh and it just it just eats me alive and so i'm i'm deeply appreciative for everyone that's 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 chosen to back the kickstarter and yeah let's let's bury let's bury <laughs> <laughs> well i i did notice that that your uh your your initial levels were a little bit different michael's uh was four thousand uh dollar goal and yours started out with a ten thousand dollar goal uh-huh, so. uh-huh. And we still buried it in two it's, days, Joe. Well, that, I mean, no, no, you know, that, premium writers, I guess. I, I'm not, you know. <laughs> yeah, we had we had no idea what we were getting into. But but true story. Before the Kickstarter launched, I got an email from uh, one. Of, well, I got an email from Joseph, say you know trying to tone down my expectations because so much of uh, you know we the 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 coffin Kickstarter was was really success, successful, and we had all the 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 discounted adventures and uh that people were able to purchase as part of the kickstarter you know 20 percent off or whatever um to help fund the kickstarter and so and so joseph came to me like harley you know i don't want you to get your hopes up you know really temper your expectations uh you know that that ship has already sailed everyone's you know they've completed their dcc collection we can't we can't expect that money um and so the the folks that are 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 uh, you know, are so generous to back right now. Um, I, I don't know. How, I, I haven't seen the numbers. I don't know what the add-ons are. So it's, it's yeah, I, I appreciate everyone. Do we have step more up. add-ons coming? Uh, you know, that's going to be, you know, one of you guys had said it earlier, you know, Joseph's pretty cagey. He's playing the cards close. We, we have discussed add-ons and we have discussed, um, so what's, you know, ser- so, uh-huh. what, so yeah. what's stretch goal number 10 going to be? I, I'm not allowed to say. Oh, well, it, was worth, it was worth a shot. <laughs> we, we've we've had we've had discussions about it, um, you know, and we'll just see if we get there. You know, I, I would hate for us not to see the the, the judges' screen because I think it's going to be really awesome. But at the same time, 
it's the the Kickstarter has already surpassed all the hopes I had for it. Oh, uh, uh, Harley! I just got an email from Joseph, and he said that you can now reveal the tenth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think you better copy that and forward it to Harley before he yeah. answers that question. <laughs> you know, I I have I have so there there are there are there are game designers, there are writers, there are artists, and and so many of us, perhaps too many of us, you know, decide to launch our own publishing houses and 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 gaming companies. You know, Joseph's one of the few that he was able to. He has the the skill set, you know, to be able to both be a gamer and you know apply those skills to you know gaming his business. And so, dude, I did it, it in two thousand six. Mud Puppy Games lasted one year. <laughs> that was it. Bam. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 rare and unusual to find somebody that you know both has a something and the, and the, the business sense to be able to run it well. Well, if, if you even just look at the, the road crew, I mean, that's brilliant free advertising. The, the, the neat thing is that it's not quite as, 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 as cynical as it could be. Like, you know, you could see, oh, yeah, you know, like, but we're just stoked to have people running our games out there. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's so exciting to have, you know, sending along, you know, free PDFs or whatever to the judges or, or every time I get to see somebody, uh, you know, post their pictures of of uh, patches and and DCC beer koozies online, or whatever, yeah. you know, it's just so much fun. It's so much fun. So yes, there is there is that aspect of, hey, thank you guys so much for helping spread the word. But but it's 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 not you know, it's not cynical. It's done out of a, an appreciation and love for the folks that are in it with us. Well, and, and on that side of the screen, I feel like an ambassador to the game because I'm there promoting it. And and you should. I hope I hope everybody does. You know, it's a we're not a, we're not a big company. You know, we're uh, it's you know it's it's Joseph and you know six other people, and that includes the guys you know picking at the warehouse. But uh, every single judge that is out there running dcc is is has has chosen to like you know really swim against the tide of a pathfinder of 5e of 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 a myriad of games that are available for folks to play and so folks that play dcc it's not it's not trivial to me you know that it's it's really wonderful that people are taking time out of their finite lives to run dungeon crawl classics that means the world to me I have in my notes to ask you about the seven pits of Cesarecon. Yes, so 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 Doug's piece he's running after hours, and then and then and then during the actual during Gen Con, you know, you'll you'll see if you if you do a search for Dungeon Crawl Classics, um, one of the games we're doing is I'm running the, our first uh, Dungeon Crawl Classics tournament funnel, which I've discussed with Jen and Doug Keister quite a bit. Um, and it's it's a originally we thought it would be impossible to run a tournament for Dungeon Crawl Classics because so much is you know not objective and clear in the way that 4e or really 3.5 was. Um, but if you're running a funnel where everybody has four hit points or fewer, um, suddenly it becomes you know very reasonable to to run a tournament where the 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 metric is. How many encounters has your character survived? So, yeah, we'll be, I'll be running that um, throughout Gen Con. It's going to be a drop-in 
drop in games. So, you know, any, any point during the four hour session, uh, a player can show up with a, with a, with a generic ticket. If, as soon as there's a spot, you know, they sit down at the table. I hand them a player character sheet, you know, designed by the brilliant John Marr. And, <laughs> and, rock. and so, uh, you know, and then, and the metric is how many, how many encounters has your, has your character survived in this grind of a death crawl hosted by the dread Cezricon. That sounds like the Tower of Gygax, except ten times funner. <laughs> you know, but that was that was what inspired me initially, and, and Jen and I had talked about that like probably a year ago, maybe before last Gen. Yeah. Um, and you know, I was like, "Oh my god, we're going to run this thing twenty four hours a day." And then, and then Jen was able to temper some of my ambitions and say, "Well, you know, maybe somebody <laughs> Don't ever not say that. <laughs> show up at, at you get some sleep." <laughs> and. Uh, that's why. That's why we put her on the podcast was just to throw a wet blanket on the three of us. <laughs> so, oh, yeah, no, screw no. you all. <laughs> no, 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 no. Because because she's there. Brilliant. She goes again. Yeah, because she's able to say, "Well, let's, let's be realistic about this." You know, let's. So, um, and 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 to to really make it fair in terms of a tournament, you need you need either lots of judges working on the exact same almost mechanistic. Um, judging what standards or you can go with one guy <laughs> running lots of games that are all to the same standard and you know and so that's 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 where i defaulted um and so so you know so i'll yes i'll be running uh, i think it's i think it's four different sessions they're all in uh, marriott marriott ballroom eight uh throughout the convention and uh it's really exciting so we've we've ordered trophies um wow we're gonna have a. It's, it's gonna be a full full deal. We're gonna we're gonna have a leaderboard tracking. You know, who is the person? Who's the player that's had their character survive X number of encounters um, so far? And so you can you can go in and like, oh, you know, I survived three, but but Joe Bittman survived four, so I need to go back and you know and and go at this again and try to get through five encounters. And um, yeah, and we're gonna see how it goes. It's this grand experiment. It's a. It's the DCC funnel, so you know the intent really is that every single character will die, you know, um, over the course of an hour, two hours, fifteen minutes, five minutes. <laughs> um, you could you could you could show up, you know, catch a bad blow and be out in you know in your first round of combat, and uh, hopefully we'll have enough players cycling through that that remains interesting. I can't even imagine the line of players you're going to have outside the ballroom there. <laughs> we'll see. Actually, everybody that's running DCC games at Gen Con, that could be like when a player dies, that could be their exit from a con game is, okay, you're dead this game, now go play in the Seven Pits. Yes, and then but you can also take your PCs from any games where you've died, you know, previously in con games. You can take them to the you can yeah, show up at the Seven Pits, you know, run your zero level funnel, but all those PCs be they you know zero levels from the seven pits, be they from any of the other games being run, can be, then be taken <laughs> that night to the embassy suites and run through uh, Dugcon, you know, escape from Catastrophe Island. So uh, so don't don't throw your PC sheets away. Take them to Dugcon. Um, play till you're sick of Dungeon Crawl Classics. Yeah, I think Doug was not worried about killing anybody because he's like, bring your characters from wherever. I don't care. Oh yeah, and well, and he's even making special rules for like, oh, you're you died in this game that makes you undead. That makes you know <laughs> the <laughs> island interacts with you in certain ways because you died in Harley's game or you know whatever what have you. 
Yeah, I can't wait to see that fold out. <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, I think, yeah. A Cesar Khan is very planned because it needs to be, you know, a tournament funnel that needs to be fair to everyone. Doug's game, completely un- unplanned. You know, we're even talking about taking it off-site to... Uh, for some final <laughs> resolutions somewhere else. So if you know if we end up in the in the storm drain somewhere, you know, rolling dice by candlelight, that'll you'll know that's when you know you're in Doug. <laughs> oh, dude, there's there, there's a bad neighborhood right behind the convention center. I can totally see Doug there with like a little you know oil can fire going. <laughs> Just on I'll the other side that. of the tracks. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, you know, you can look for us uh, in the pot mounds of coal. Jeez. But you know, one thing about all those games and the ways you guys are planning on running them. Uh, I mean, one of the hard things about Gen Con these days is getting into the games you want to be in. I mean, all the stuff sells out so fast. So I think it's awesome that, you know, there's a lot of GCC fans didn't get into some of the on-the-book games. But then you've got what you're running. You've got the Doug's games going on at night, Doug Con. It's like people are still going to get to play GCC with the people they want to play with, even if they didn't get their official tickets to, to get in. So I think that's, you know, that all is a testament to the community and, and Goodman Games to you know, getting those people involved, and yeah, you might have missed out on an official ticket here or there, but we've got this and this for you. Uh, I think that's really cool. Yeah, I, I wish it were intentional, but it's just just us responding to. But exactly what you're saying, you know, the, like you know, it, it's amazing how quickly the tickets go. So, every listener, I, I totally encourage you, and I hope you know you'll come hang out with Seven Pits for a little bit. I hope you'll show up to the NBC Suites and and play with Doug and Wayne and you know and Adam and everyone else. Like I hope folks just show up. And that's that's all it takes. Like, you know, show up, roll some dice, have a good time, and it'll be great. You know, I'm so excited to to be playing with all these people. If somehow you're listening to this podcast and you're not a member of the DCC RPG Google Plus group, go join it because when all this Gen Con stuff starts happening, there'll be a Google uh, rolling hangout that'll tell you everything you need to know about where to go and what to do. Yes, exactly. Yes, so there'll, there'll be the you know we'll have the the G Plus rolling hangout. You know, everyone just you know essentially texting each other back and forth. You know, where is dinner? <laughs> where the hell is Joe Bittman? <laughs> You know, Mike Curtis just signed his signature on something else Harley Stroh has written. Um, <laughs> so we'll, we'll, ha- we'll have that. And then we'll also have, you know, there's the, there's the Goodman Games Seminar uh, Friday night, 8 o'clock. And we're going to have the whole crew there to um, discuss new releases and uh, some really, really, really cool stuff that I'm not allowed to talk about yet, which is unfortunate that, that Joseph has planned. So the Friday night think- seminar, yeah, it's going to be similar to the – uh, I need. I need to check the. Can we put it in the show notes? I need to. I need to check where it's at. I think it's Crown Plaza. That might. I don't know. Um, Friday night, eight o'clock though, and that's that's going to be kind of the the sister seminar to the what happened to Gary Con when he announced Metaphor, Metamorphosis Alpha and the the Coffin Kickstarter. So come there expecting to learn new things about um, directions Goodman Games is taking things. This yeah. this this podcast will be present and video recording the event. Yeah. Nice. Yay. Yeah, yeah, I can't win. So I you know, I'm not going to Gen Con because my I've got two daughters with a birthday on August fourteenth. So <laughs> apparently the only time that my older daughter can have her camping trip is the same exact weekend as Dragonflight, which was my fallback August con. So now I'm going to zero con. <laughs> Oh well, but you're doing it for all the right reasons. We'll, we'll make mm. up for it at GaryCon next year. 
Mm. <laughs> Too far away, right? Yeah. Poor Job. Yeah. So, uh, Harley, I, I got another personal question to ask you. Um, yes, sir. You know, Doug, Doug told me years ago about how um, you, you, uh, you would wrestle cows. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I, I yeah. think maybe some of our listeners would like to hear how, you know, how do you take a cow down? Why, why would you take a cow down? That kind of thing. This sounds like it's going to be better than the Michael Curtis in a bear suit story in Hollywood. <laughs> There's, I don't know if I can step to that. Um, my family also happens to be ranchers um, based out of Wyoming. And, and so um, I grew up, yeah, we, we, had, we had longhorn cattle for a long time, and then we had, now we have a different type of cow. Um, yeah, you know, so every, every summer, you know, now I'll, you know, we'll go back, uh, Heather and I, and now Heather, Stella, and I will go back and we'll take, you know, we'll be there for the branding. And uh, I guess you had asked, how do I wrestle cow? Okay, so, <laughs> all right. All right, so you, uh, you heard a bunch of, um, young cows into a smaller pen enclosure and then uh and then either my father or myself you know more myself these days because harold's getting older he got kicked last time that's always kind of a hassle um (laughs) you 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 force the cow into a narrow chute um it gets pinned you lay it up on the table Uh, we don't do hot branding anymore because um the cold branding doesn't hurt the cows quite as much and so we have we have um this this uh, what do you what do you call it like uh, the, the the frozen ice thing and not not cryogenic brand oh uh, dry ice dry ice thank you thank <laughs> you and so yeah we have we have the brand in dry ice um, we apply it to the cow you know when the hair grows back it's it, you know comes back white um, we do the <laughs> this is more than you guys wanted to know <laughs> we give the we give the cow shots and we do the castration right then and there and then and then send the cow off on his way so yeah that's that's uh, do you, do you castrate the cows as well? Yes, sir. Well, I don't. My my, my father does. It's a uh, they're 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 amazing creatures. They are able to survive, you know, so much. You know, and, and so you you know you you think it's got to be incredibly traumatic. I mean, they just they just had like open cow surgery on the table. You know, being held down by by myself. You know, my mom, Carla. You know, Heather's giving them shots, and my father is 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 <laughs> castrating a cow. They walk off, and and five minutes later, you couldn't have told it, you know anything happened to them. Jeez, Louise! Now I'm starting to understand what happened to some of our player characters when we play tested Purple Planet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, damn, this is mean. Where does he come? Where does this come from? The the interesting unrelated piece to that though is, you know, if I was to give. Um, you know, game writing advice to to any of us is that the best thing you can do for not writing games or for writing games rather is to be out not writing games. You know, if you're if you're you know if you're doing actual spelunking, if you're if you're rock climbing, if you're you know all these experiences, if we can take all those you know the scope of world experiences and distill them back into the games we run, our games are awesome. So. I don't know. If there's anything a, a judge or DM should be doing to improve his or her game, it is specifically not gaming. So is there any castration in, in Perils of the Purple Planet? Or 
You know, that's uh, there. There wasn't, but now there will be. You know, I, was, I told you guys earlier that I was I was doing the, the stretch goal ten. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Harley, Harley will Joe, there there are things in there that are worse than castration. No, but uh, we'll we'll add something. We'll we'll do a we'll do a, a rite of passage that um, will involve the words Job and Bittman in there somewhere. That uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll see what we can do. But I don't know if you noticed in Glubkario's Gambit, there's a hireling with a, a red-bearded dwarf oh, yeah. who, uh, a, yeah. who wrestles yeah. cows. Actually, I think his name might be Harley, but uh, <laughs> I can't remember now. It's 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 fun because it's a small enough community that we're all we're all referencing each other. You know, um, uh, Mike put he put some stuff in um, the Purple Planet. He snuck it into Coffin. Um, all the all the what did we the, what did we play test? There was some Michael Curtis adventure we play tested where where we got to kill you, Harley. <laughs> yeah, I, you know when my players killed the Harley character, I, I sniffed a little bit. Oh, uh, it, it, it was pretty brutal. It, it was happened. after you were forced to kill your own dog. So uh, <laughs> that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael. <laughs> okay, well, this could be a three-hour podcast. I just don't want it to end. Harley, thank you so much for coming and doing this thank you guys so much for having me it's been a real privilege and yeah thank you guys you guys for everything you do for the dcc community we're, we're so fortunate to have spellburn and, and you know I, like job's taking like a, he took a day off today you know so that he could do this tonight and i know you know jeffrey's you know he has all his things going on and so thank you all for well yeah thank you all for making the time to do this i appreciate it Thanks for coming, Harley. Hey, do you have any yeah. parting words for Michael Curtis? Golly, all right. Dude, you're an instigator. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. <laughs> uh, listeners. Uh, just that, well, yeah. All right, well, let, let's, let's uh, it's so corny. Let's, let's hashtag it. Let's, let's bury the coffin and make sure that um, uh, <laughs> Purple Planet exceeds everything that, that Michael Curtis strove to do with the uh, with his adventure. Okay, so our hashtag is bury the coffin. Yes, sir. That that won't alert the TSA to any, in any way. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Well, that'll wrap it up for this episode. Remember, never split the party unless the party's already split. Good night, guys. Good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Thank you so much. Bye bye. And we're out. Thanks for listening, Michael Curtis, and we'll see you next time on Spellburn.